Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Uh, Brother Frank, that was a warm welcome. <laughs> That's the best, best welcome I ever had. Um, so thank you. Um, uh, as Frank said, PD's out preaching. I think one of his friends, pastor friends, has back surgery, so PD's uh, assisting there. And also, Alan is out preaching, I believe in Orange, somewhere around there. Um, so let's pray for them as they're out ministering the Word of God. Um, thank you, Lord, for uh, Alan and, and PD who are out doing, um, are out being used by you, Father. We pray that you would uh, Give them grace, uh, give them grace with the, their congregations, the people that they are ministering to, Father. I think they, thank you that you will open ears and um, have receptive hearts, Father, that you will be able to use them for, their, for your glory, Lord God, and be, be able to minister to your people and to non-believers, and, and they will be able to preach the gospel with boldness, with clarity. I uh, thank you, Lord, for blessing them mightily. Um, and then you would increase them, increase them in wisdom and knowledge, and that you would just bless them and keep them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So today, um, what, has, what have Petey been preaching on the last couple of weeks? Does anybody remember? How to be led by the Holy Spirit. How to be led by the Holy Spirit, amen. So now we're going to continue that, and everybody, it's, it's my father, if you guys don't realize, my father surprised me today. I, um, He's supposed to be watching the boys. I guess he's stuck him. He's stuck him with my mom, so mom's watching them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so thank you for coming. Um, all right, so we're going to continue talking about how to hear, how to be led by the Spirit, how to be, um, you know, how to be used by God, how to be led by the Spirit. So let's turn to uh, our first uh, scripture. It's in Romans. I'm going to start my timer. Ashley thinks I'm going to go short. I'm going to make sure I go two hours today, Ashley. <laughs> All right. If you need Bibles, please raise your hand. We do have Bibles in the back. Um, that we can uh, assist. Anybody need Bibles? Frank will hand out Bibles. All right, so Romans chapter 8, verse 14. And it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So, uh, so if we are, are we all sons, of, sons and daughters of God? So here, sons means plural, sons and daughters, men, male and female. So if we are sons and daughters of God, can we hear from God? Can we be led by God? Yeah. You know, I think that's something here that we should be encouraged by, that we are, as sons, as people who are called into faith in Christ, we can be led and we should be led, you know, by God. That it shouldn't be an optional thing for us as we go through life that we, um, you know, that, that we're going through life based on our reasons, based on our own um, natural wisdom, but we should go through life through the, with the leading of God. Amen? Amen? And then God should lead us in every decision of our lives. We know whether when to 
get married, when to do this, when to what job to start. It shouldn't just be our reason or based on reasoning, based on our own understanding, but it should be based on the, the wisdom of God and the leading of the Spirit. Amen? So I think a lot of, a lot of things that keeps us from hearing from God or being led by God is our conscience. Amen? So that's why I titled this Clear to Hear. So what does it mean to have a clear conscience? What does it mean to have a, a conscience that is being led by God? So um, conscience, as we look, as we'll look throughout the scriptures, conscience is the voice of the spirit, right? Where reason is the voice of the mind and feeling is the voice of the body, right? So we don't want to lean only on the, the reasoning and the wisdom of our minds or the feelings of our body. Am I hungry? I'm, you know, you know if, if I get hungry, I need to eat right now. I need to eat right what's in front of me. But we should be led, even in what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to say, by God. And the way we do that is through our conscience a lot of times. A lot of times God will speak through us through our conscience. So a lot of times we're not able to, be, to hear from God or be used by God because our conscience is cluttered. You know, how do we clutter our conscience? By not all the stuff that God has to told us to do, given us instructions to do, we're just storing them in our minds, right? And we're just storing them. And, um, and so our minds become cluttered that we're not able to get new, new directions from God. So keeping our conscience clear is a big part of being aware and being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So keep a clear conscience so we um, can, can be sensitive to the Spirit and we can be aware of the Holy Spirit. So here, what is the conscience? Um, that's a... Uh, a spelling bee word, right? Conscience is, <laughs> sound like conscience. But the conscience is the, the God-given faculty that each one of us possesses to distinguish right from wrong, according to the law of God written in our heart. So each one of us have, have a conscience. So, you know, as we are born into this world as image bearers of God, you know, so whether you're saved, unsaved, um, walking with God, not walking in God, with God, God has given us a conscience, right? And that's the 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 very first thing that makes us aware of even the presence of God, that God even exists, right? And a lot of times, as non-believers or people that are not walking with God, what they're doing is hardening their conscience. And they're hardening that, that, that inclination that God has given us that says God exists. You know, as we walk, as we see the, the trees and we see the, the, the oceans and we see the mountains and we see all these things that God creates, our conscience is constantly speaking to us, you know, somebody created this. God created this. God put this here. But what a lot of times people do, a lot of times what we do is harden that conscience that God has given us to say, that's, that's not from God, that's from something else. You know, and we try to fill that with other reasonings. We try to fill that, we try to fill that with our own understanding, with our feelings, with feelings of other people, um, but we don't look to the simple truth that God created that and God has given us our conscience. You know, um, you know, we all, especially as believers, you know, we go through life, and how many times have we said, you know, ah, man, I should have done that, yeah. or I shouldn't have done that, or, dang, I, you know, I, I knew that was going to happen, you know, if I did that. You know, a lot of times we, we hear our conscience very clearly, but we ignore it for whatever reason. You know, we come up with our own understanding, like, no, that doesn't make sense. You know, I should have, ah, man, I knew I should have taken that job, but for some reason I didn't, and I, now I'm here in 
paying the repercussions or I'm in this situation. Um, but there's grace, amen? amen. Um, so as one thing we should know is that conscience is the voice of our spirit. So be sensitive to our conscience. As we're going through, he's like, Dad, I, I should have eaten that, or I shouldn't have eaten that. You know, I, <laughs> I know the, the whole Chick-fil-A, Popeye's thing is big this week. Um, but, I, you know, and then, so I don't know if, I didn't have, I didn't have Pop. I mean, did we have, like, anybody have it? No, no nobody has it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good? <laughs> okay, all right. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, I can't, I, mean, what, I can't wait to try it when it, when, it, when, it, when it dies down a little bit. I don't have to wait in line. I'm not waiting in line for chicken. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> um, I'll wait in line for some oxtails. <laughs> I will do that. But chicken, nah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's the, that's the Caribbean in me. So I will wait in line for some oxtails. But uh, yeah, chicken, nah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know where, how I got to that, but whatever. Um, so. The Bible mentions a couple different type of consciences that we can look at. All right, so uh, let's jump to 1 Timothy. So we're talking about our conscience today. Oh, actually, before, before we get to jump to Timothy, let's jump to our, our main scripture in Acts. And we'll just read that real quick. That'll give us some, some context. Acts chapter 24. You got it. Say amen. Um, Acts chapter 24. We'll read from uh, verse 10. Um, So here we see Paul's on trial. uh, So the Jews are are accusing Paul of starting riots. Um, So Paul is here on trial. And so this is a, a part of the trial that Paul's in. So he says, verse 10, And when the governor had nodded to him uh, to speak, Paul replied, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. You can verify that it is not more than 12 days since I went up to worship in Jerusalem. And they they did not find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, either in the temple or in the synagogues or in the city. Neither can they prove to you what they now bring up against me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. So I will always take pains to have a clear conscience towards God, both God and man. Now after several years I came to bring alms to my nation, while I was doing this, they found me purified in the temple without any crowd or tumult, but some Jews from Asia. They ought to be here before you and make an accusation should, that, should they have anything against me. Or else, let these men themselves say what wrongdoing they have found when I stood before the council, other than this one thing that I cried out while standing among them. It is with respect to the resurrection of the dead and that I am on trial before you to this day. So here Paul is being accused, right, of something that, of stirring up riots, stirring up controversies, things. 
But Paul's like, you know, I've been trying. He, but Paul, and we see in verse 16 that he's been striving, he's been painting to keep a clear conscience. What does that mean? So he's been doing everything in his power, in his, in his might, to keep a conscience, clear conscience. So he's trying to obey God, listen to God, do whatever God has tell him to, told him to do, and also not to offend the Jews and to do everything uh, according to the, the traditions of that day. So he's not offending. He's not going out of his way to offend people. You know, as we see, he's, he's going to the, the temples. He's praying. He's worshiping in the temples. He's doing all these things, but still they're finding faults against him, right? So he said here that as Christians, it should be our duty to strive to keep a clear conscience, that our conscience will be clear so that we can hear from God, so that we can listen to God, we can obey God, and we can, you know, not offend our brothers and sisters, that we can walk blamelessly in the, on this earth. Amen? Um, so there's a couple type of conference, the consciences. So let's jump to 1 Timothy um, chapter 1, verse 9. All right. Well, verse 19, I'm sorry. Um, so here's one, here's the first type of conscience, is the, it's called a good conscience. So holding, uh, verse 19, it says, holding faith and a good conscience, um, by rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of the faith. So here's, uh, let's, read, let's start from verse uh, 18. This charge I, I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made before you, about you, that, you by, that by them you may wage a good warfare. Holding faith and a good conscience, by rejecting this, some has made shipwreck of their faith. So here is an example of, of, of Paul telling Timothy to have hold a good conscience. So it, a good conscience is a, is a conscience that is very sensitive and provides sound direction. So a good conscience that is bathed in, in, in the Word of God and the Spirit of God is providing clear, good direction. It's not leading, it's making you um, aware of the Spirit and leading you into sound decisions, right? So a clear conscience it's not leading you into temptation. It's not leading you into danger, but it's leading you into the way of God. Amen? Um, another conscience is a struggling conscience. So let's jump to 1 Corinthians. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit today. So you will uh, learn your Bible or your app so that how to work it. You got it? Say amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7. All right, for, uh, here we go. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former associations with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. For food, um, food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this writer does not somehow become a stumbling block for the week. For if someone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he, not be will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. 
Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will not eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. So here we see an uh, example of a struggling conscience, right? And you see the, the opposite of how we should react to a struggling conscience. So a struggling conscience, a struggling conscience is a conscience that is weak and may easily yield to temptation, right? So this is a type of conscience that we do not want to have, right? So we want to, we, we want to have a, a strong conscience that we are not, that if somebody is, um, is, is, is in their, or utilizing some of their, their Christian liberties, that we're not struggling and falling into sin, right? So if you go to, I know Pete talked about this a couple of weeks, so if you go to a wedding and there's alcohol there, um, we're not trying to, as a struggling conscious, you're not going to fall into temptation and start getting drunk and start, you know, falling into alcoholism and things like that. So we want to, but how do we strengthen our conscience? It's through the Word of God and through faith in God and through, um, and through God strengthening our conscience, amen? So we do not want to have a, a weak conscience, but we also don't want to tempt a weak conscience, right? So if somebody's new in the faith or if somebody, you know somebody's struggling with something or just be careful, right? So that you're not leading any, any, of one, any one of your brothers or sisters into temptation. You know, there's an old, there's an old thing that a lot of uh, parents used to say, like uh, with, when it comes to laundry. So like, you know, if you, have, if you have to pick it up and smell it, most likely it's dirty, right? You just, you throw, just wash it. So same thing with, with, with our Christian liberties. If, if you have to ask about it or wonder, okay, is this a sin? Is this a problem? Then, maybe, then probably you shouldn't do it, you know? Be on the safe side and say, all right, I'm not going to do that in, in order to not offend anybody else. It might be perfectly fine. It might be perfectly okay within our Christian rights. But in order to not offend our brothers and sisters and not to lead anybody in temptation, it's better not to do it. It's better to avoid those situations. Amen? Um, so that's a struggling conscience. One that is weak may easily yield to temptation. So a, a person that is weak and that's going to yield to temptation is somebody that can't hear from God, that can't be led by the Spirit of God, you know, because as they're being led, they're being tempted by all these different things. So God's telling you to, you know, um, go on a mission trip, but yet as you're going, as you're working towards a mission trip, God is telling, you know, you're seeing, you know, maybe I should get this job, you know, maybe, and you're trying to jump at every opportunity that God has not called you to, you know, man, you know what I mean? So like, you can't be, you can't just, you have to be sound as you're leading, as your conscience has to be sound as you're being led by God. So you can't be wavering, jumping from one decision to another decision, from one thought to another thought. Like this feels good, but you know, but God is telling you to do something else. Amen? Um, so that's, this, that's the second one. So the first one is a good conscience. The second one is a struggling conscience. And the, and the third one is a soiled conscience. So um, let's jump to Titus. Titus chapter 1 <clears throat> and verse 15. It says, To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both in their minds and their conscience is defiled. So here we see a soiled, a soiled conscience. So a soiled conscience is when we do what we know is wrong, our conscience becomes defiled by sin and cannot judge rightly. 
So a, per, a soul conscious is a person that's entrapped in sin. So they're not able to under, they're not able to even deter, determine the difference between right and wrong necessarily. You know, what's, what's right feels wrong and what's wrong feels right now. You know, certain things start to feel too good to you that it's hard for you to deter, it's hard for you to determine that this is wrong or this is not a, somewhere I should be. You know, maybe the money's too good, or maybe whatever's too good. Maybe this relationship's too good, but God's like, all right, you shouldn't be in this relationship. You know, or this TV show is too good, but God's like, you shouldn't be watching that TV show. But you're too entrapped into it, and your conscience is being soiled that you can't even hear from God in regards to that situation. You know, um, so our soiled conscience will keep us from hearing from God. You know, um, or or God is telling you to. Uh, Minister to somebody um, at your job or something like that, but you're like, you know, I don't want to mess up this relationship. You know, that, that this, this feels too good or the job feels too good. It feels too safe. It feels too comfortable for me to even uh, uh, step out on faith and listen to God in this, in this situation. Amen? So that's the soiled conscience. Um, Titus 1.15. Uh, the last one and the most dangerous one is First um, Timothy. Let's jump to back to First Timothy. First Timothy chapter four. Are we getting something out of it so far? Amen. About our conscience. All right, First Timothy chapter four, uh, verse two. It says, "Let's just read one and two. Um, now the Spirit excessively expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars who consciences are seared. For who, uh, you don't have to read it, uh, let's read it. For who forbid marriage and require abstinence from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is, it is made holy by the, God, by the word of God and prayer. So here we see the most dangerous of our, con our state of consciousness, consciousness is a seared conscience. So a seared conscience is a conscience that is pretty much cut off from God. Um, so it's a conscience that's been so hardened that it, it no longer works, you know, it is a result of repeated disobedience to God. A seared conscience allows people to live completely immoral lifestyle without feeling like it's wrong. Amen? So this is, a, this is a person that is just walking through life, seared of God, void of God, not understanding anything about God because they've been in, in their flesh this whole time, in their flesh for a, a period of time that their conscience are no longer even receptive to an idea of God or the, the understanding of God. So when people refuse to honor God, their, their, their thinking becomes futile and foolish, and the Lord will eventually give them over to the lust of their hearts. So these are the type of people that God says, all right, you don't even want to hear from me, you know? And as believers, that can, that can easily be us. Like, I've been telling you to do this thing forever. You don't even want to hear about it. So I'm not even going to talk to you about it anymore. I'm not going to send anybody to help you. I'm not going to do, you know, I'm just going to let you do whatever you want to do because that's what you're going to do anyway. Um, so that's a seared conscience, and um, that's, I, I, that's easier to f fall into than um, 
than we that we assume. You know, I think even as as um, you know, so we what we don't want to do is harden ourselves. So we don't want to harden ourselves uh, to harden ourselves from hearing of God. You know, even with our kids, we should encourage them to 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 be uh, of um, to be softened to the things of God and to to hear from God and not to and, and so that they're not coming into because they, they come into this world very um, open and very willing to hear from the, and to listen to their conscience that and God is able to like tell them right from wrong. They know right from wrong, you know, as as kids. And what we should do is encourage that that innate that nature that they have to hear from God and um, and to seek and to listen to their conscience and listen to that inner knowing that God has given them. Amen. Um, so that's, that's the four things. That's the four types of consciences. So we have a good conscience, a struggling conscience, a soul conscience, and a, lastly, a, a seared conscience. Amen? So um, what is the condition of your conscience? What is the condition? Like, just sit there and just think about it. What is the condition of, of my conscience? Um, so Paul tells us, as we read in, in Acts 24, that we should take pains to have a clear conscience towards both God and man. So that Paul's ambition is to have a clear conscience, and that should also be our, our ambition too. So um, the conscience delivers up two verdicts. So as we are thinking about our conscience, our conscience will give us two answers or two verdicts. It will either excuse our actions or accuse our actions. Um, so our conscience, so if we choose sin, if we choose disobedience, it's going to accuse us. You know, if we choose, we do something wrong. This is, a, this is speaking of a conscience that is open to God. You know, if you're, if you're walking with God or if you're, you're open to the things of God and you're listening to God, our conscience will tell us when we're wrong. You know, um, if we do something wrong, if we mess up, like, you're going to, you, yeah, everybody's been there. Our conscience is going to, you're going to feel it. It's going to be nagging at us forever. You know, I know even, I, like, there's one, I remember when I first got my license, it's maybe like <laughs> it's maybe like it was maybe like a week or two into getting my license and I cut somebody off, you know, and I just felt so terrible about it. And they was just beeping me. I'm like, and I can still feel it to this day. I'm like, man, I thank God I got rid of that car so that person's not looking for me or anything like that. But you feel it, right? Like when you do something wrong, that you that, that you just feel really bad. Unless you keep doing it over and over, unless you're just going around cutting everybody off. You're like, all right, this is just what I do. At this point, um, so I'm cool with that. But uh, you know, if you're open to the things of God, if you're open to, and you're trying to live right, you're gonna know when you do something wrong. You know, when you say the wrong things to your to your wife, like that, or not me, but not me. Somebody else says the wrong things to their wife, because I say the right things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's me. There you go. I'm in faith, I do the right thing. Uh, <laughs> or, or you say so. You, you go too hard on your kids or you do something wrong, you don't feel that, you know. Um, so that's how our conscience will accuse us. So heed, those, heed, those, heed your conscience in, in, that, in that time, you know. If you feel, if you feel like you did something wrong, if your conscience tell you, tell you to do something wrong, listen to that and repent, ask for forgiveness, and so forth. Um, and also the, our conscience will excuse us when we do something right, our conscience will be very clear. We'll be like, oh, yeah, that was the right thing to do. I, you know, I, I'm glad I said it. sorry. I'm glad I, um, 
I'm glad I obeyed God in that, in that situation. I'm more at peace. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I listened to, to, the, to the leading of the Spirit so that our conscience will, will help us. So, um, so listen to your conscience. Over the course of our lifetime, our conscience will help us to honor God and will help, help us to honor our brothers and sisters and help our fellow man. Our conscience, a clear conscience, will never tell us to hurt somebody or to, you know, um, or to break the law or to um, disobey God. Our, our, our clear conscience will always lead us into what's right, and it will help us avoid a lot of pitfalls. You know, I, we, I, we asked about it in the beginning, like how many of us, how many of us would say our conscience told us, man, I should have done that. I, I shouldn't have done that. You know, our conscience is there and given by God to help us avoid those pitfalls. Amen? And it will help us to not make a wreck of our lives. You know, our conscience will lead us. Our conscience is not going to lead us to, to um, you know, to, to get drunk on, on a Friday night. You know, our conscience is not going to lead us in, in that direction. Our conscience is not going to lead us to, to hurt our spouse or et cetera like that. You know, man? Um, so, so this is a good place to pause and ask me, what is, our, what is a clear conscience? A clear conscience is a, a conscience, first of all, is a man um, who is justified by faith in Christ Jesus. So that's the first step in getting a clear conscience, is that is, is a person that who is justified, that who knows they're justified by our faith in Christ Jesus. That we are not, we're not trying to earn our right into heaven. We're not trying to earn our place, earn our um, salvation. We're not earning anything with God, but our conscience is clear knowing that Christ Jesus paid it all, that he paid the penalty for our sins, and that we don't have to earn anything, we don't have to work for it, that our conscience is clear. You know, so if I mess up, if I do mess up, if I do disobey my conscience, I'm able to ask for forgiveness, and I'm, God is able to forgive me. Um, so that's the first step. So knowing that you are justified through faith in Christ, and another 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 evidence of somebody who's walked, who has a clear conscience is somebody that's obeying God. So he looks, they look at their body as a temple of the Holy Spirit and seeks the power that the Holy Spirit gives to abstain from behavior that will defy, defile that temple. You know, so as you're walking, you're looking, you're not, you're not trying to defile your body. You're not trying to, you know, or you're looking at your body as a temple. You're walking with God. You are obeying God. Amen? So we, as we're reading the Word, we're obeying God, we're, we're doing the things that God has told us to do, we're staying away from the things that God has told us not to do. Amen? Uh, so that's another step. So a person who, who has a clear conscience is justified by God, he also obeys God. Um, even in those gray areas, right? So the, the areas that we're not really sure, like, is God is a sin or not? But we're, we're even trying in those situations to keep a clear conscience. That, you know what, if if I got to abstain from this, it's not, you know, I'm not missing anything, but I'm keeping my conscience clear, and I'm keeping my brothers and sisters clear. So I'm not doing something, and then ten, and a, a week from now, I'm like, man, I should have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But so if you're, if, you're in career, if you're in those gray areas, and your conscience is not really sure, first of all, pray about it, seek the word, um, talk to counsel, Seek different different point of views about those things. So talk to talk to PD, talk to people in the church, talk to your parents, talk to, to your spouse if you have one. 
talk it out, see, all right, is this, is this right? And if it's not right, if you're, not, if you're still not sure, just don't do it. Stay away from those things. Um, yeah, so if you have to put down some of your liberties for a moment to avoid offending or stirring up controversies, uh, it might be wise to do. So a, a, stirring up controversies is not good for our conscience either. You know, if we're trying to stir up these debates, that's not going to help our conscience. So don't look for debates. I know, I know we're in a time that debate is like a, a thing, but don't look for debates. It's not really going to be beneficial for your conscience or for your brother and sister's conscience. Unless it's a, you know, there's, there's a certain context where it can be beneficial, but for the most part, it's just people talking for no reason. <laughs> uh, uh, so, another, so another way that we keep a clear conscience is we repent of our sins. So when we mess up, when we say something wrong, when we do something wrong, we go to God, we repent, <clears throat> we admit, say, God, you know, I, I messed up, I shouldn't have done that, or to our spouse or to our um, neighbors, you know, um, sorry neighbor, I shouldn't have thrown my, my garbage on your lawn or something like that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. How do we mess up with your neighbor? But um, or I shouldn't have parked in, in, your, in your driveway. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to come up with something. Sorry. <laughs> but we repent of our sins to our brothers and to God. So another, another way we keep our conscience clear is we trust God. So we have to trust God to keep our, our conscience clear. So... Uh, even when it's hard to do, you know. So even here, Paul, he's in prison, he's tired, he's, um, you know, he's being, he's, he, he's been he's being attacked by these, these mob of, of, of people, and they're accusing him, they're like, oh man, these, this guy is the worst. And he, um, so he has to be exhausted, but when he's giving an opportunity um, in, in Acts, when he's given an opportunity to, to get up there, maybe he can say something to pacify these people, or to say, you know, um, he can say something to get them off, to get them off. But he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take this opportunity. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to tell them about the resurrection. I'm going to tell them about Jesus Christ. I'm telling them that the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm preaching. The, I'm preaching about Christ. I'm preaching what I know to be true, and what God has given me to do. So even when it's hard, we still trust God, you know, and we got to keep fighting to trust God. Like when God is telling us to take, uh, for example, if God's telling you to take a job that's being paid less, and you're like, man, but how am I going to pay this bill? I got to cut back my life in this area. I got to do this differently. But God is like, you know, just trust me. And that's keep, that's keep your conscience clear. Just to say, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to trust God. You know, because otherwise, if I don't do this, my conscience is going to be, be bugging me the whole time. You know, I'm, and I'm not going to be able to hear from God because my conscience is ringing, and I'm just hearing you should have done that. You should have taken this job. Anyway, so, you know, just, so I have no choice. I'm just going to trust God. You know, I'm just do whatever God told us to do. Um, so that's, that's a couple of ways, evidences of how, of what a clear conscience is. So a couple of evidences of clear conscience is that we are justified by faith, and we know we're justified by faith. We're obeying God, we're repenting of our sins, and we're trusting in God. Amen? So... <clears throat> how, do we, how do we get this clear conscience? So one way to get a clear conscience and get a good conscience is to give accurate information to our conscience. So we're feeding on our word, or feeding on God's word. We're listening to 
we're reading the Word, we're studying the Word, we're coming to church, we're learning from God, we're learning about God, <clears throat> so we know exactly what He's telling us to do. So, no, so when we hear something and when we get something in our conscience and in our inner witness, we're not questioning, we're not, we don't have to question whether this is God or not, because we know God's voice. Like, as a sheep, we're learning His voice, we are... Um, uh, we're learning his voice, and we're, we're able to understand, distinguish between God, a God, a, you know, a voice of God or a voice of something else, or a voice of our feelings or a voice of our reasons. We're able to understand that this is, this is from God. This is a clear thought from God. So, um, so an illustration is that our conscience functions like a skylight. So the skylight doesn't have any light. It just lets light in. Conscience is a skylight. It doesn't generate its own light. It can only let you, uh, it can only let you, it can only shine on you what is in that belief system. You know, so as a skylight, it's only going to show us what we believe and what we know is true. So God is, so we feed it with God's word so that our conscience is going to let the word of God and let the things of God shine through. Amen? Amen. So feed on God's word. That's a way, one way to get a clear conscience. So a second way is to deal with sin where it starts. So uh, where does sin start? Anybody know? In the mind, amen. Uh, so James 1. Um, so conscience, after desire, then after desire, desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. So sin starts in our mind. It starts in our thinking. So there is where we should crucify and, and start to deal with sin there. You know, before we even... Um, act, we're thinking about it, you know. Um, so in our mind, we start to, as we're bathing, as we're listening to the Word, we're feeding ourselves with the Word, start with our mind that, um, and, start to deal, and start to deal with things there. So how do we influence our mind? By the things we watch, by the people we listen to, by the, um, you know, the, our surroundings. So we start surrounding ourselves with things that are going to feed our minds with the things of God and feed our minds with, the, with, with clear thoughts, you know. So if we have to avoid certain um, types of music, certain types of movies, certain types of TV shows, certain friends, certain, you know, you start hanging around negative friends and people that are, are very negative, you're going to start thinking very negative also. And you're going to start thinking these, this way. So stay away from those things <clears throat> to keep your conscience clear, you know, um, so you can hear from God because that's the ultimate goal. It's to hear from God and be led by God. Um, another, way, another way to have a clear conscience is stop procrastinating, you know? Amen. So everything you're procrastinating on is affecting your leading from God, you know? So everything that God has told you to do is just being stored in your conscience, and it's just being stored up there. It's like, God, oh, man, I should have um, did that mission trip in high school. I should have, you know, I should have, whatever, I took that job. I should have not did this. I should have not done that. All that stuff is just being stored in your conscience, and this thing is being cluttered, and it's like you have no room to hear anything else from God. You're just putting everything in your closet. I remember P Petey talked about that a couple weeks ago, like just storing stuff in your closet, and next thing your closet's so full, like, there's no, nothing else for God to put in there. Um, so follow those promptings. So if you get a prompting from the Lord, follow those. Step out on faith, listen to God, follow Him. Um, and that's keep our conscience clear so that we're not thinking about, man, I should have listened to God. I should have did this. Amen? We're not living with regrets. So God uses people who are ready and prepared. So anything, anything that's bothering your conscience, 
get it out the way, right? Because you're not going to be ready to move, you know. So that's, that's who God is using. God is not using, God's not using people with money. If you, if you look in the Bible, anybody that God called, <clears throat> they weren't necessarily rich. They weren't necessarily um, good looking. They weren't special in any, in any regards. But the one thing that they all had is that they were ready and prepared, you know. Um, he went to the fishermen and said, you know, come, let's be fishers of men. I'm like, all right, let's do this. You know, ready to go, ready to just, ready to take up their, their, um, their stuff and, and work for God. So if we, so if our conscience is affecting us, we're not going to be ready. We're not going to be ready to move. We're not going to be prepared to move. We're going to be still thinking about, man, man, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? And you're kind of wavering. But God says, all right, fine, I'll use somebody else. I'll move on. I'll use somebody else that's ready. Um, so even if God's telling you to, to start a business, start it. If God's telling you to, to do something new, you know, move, <laughs> move, you know, and start, and start to act on that faith and start to put stuff in, in the practice. Um, so, so if God's telling you to get rid of your, so get, so get, start getting rid of some of those things in your closet. Um, you know, Petey talked to him a couple of weeks. God's been t- telling me to, to wake up. And, and pray for like, how old am I? <laughs> like 25 years probably. Since I was in high school, God's been like, all right, you need to get up at 6 a.m. and pray. And I'm like, all right, God, I'm a night person. Lord, I'm a night person. I do this. I do that at midnight. And you know, I started doing that uh, a couple weeks ago, and then I, I fell off. But I started doing that, and things have in in things have been showing up a lot differently in my life. And it's been easy. Mornings have been easier. So Chris is in school, so. Um, so Chris, as she's in school, I, I wake up, I feed the boys, take them to school. And as I started doing that, mornings have been way easier, you know, than it was before. You know, um, instead of rolling out of bed with the boys and, and trying to get them ready, getting up before, pray, and make sure I'm ready for the day, make sure I'm ready first before they're ready, um, it, it's worked wonders. So I, I'm, I'm going to try to get back into that this week. Well, I'm not going to try. I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen to that prompting of the Lord to to get up and do it. So certain things like that, little, it could be little things as praying and spending more time with God and, you know, et cetera. Start listening to those things and start following those promptings, promptings and get them out the way so that you can be led to different things, you know, and we can be, move on to something new. Um, so God, the Spirit of God is bearing witness without spirit. And how, he, how he does that is through our conscience. You know, and, and through our inner witness, God is bearing witness that this is the right, the right, we're in the right standing or you're in the wrong standing. So uh, we need our consciences clear. Um, so live peaceably with all men, do everything right to keep our conscience clear. Um, the testimony of my, of my conscience is that holiness and godly sincerity I have conducted myself in the world. So that's our goal that we're walking through this world and that we know that we're giving our all to, to God and we're giving our all to our brothers and sisters. Amen? Um, that's pretty much it. So I'm, I beat you 20 minutes, actually. <laughs> but I didn't get to the hour and a half um, that Alan, yeah, that Trey told me to do. Um, <laughs> so I pray that you were blessed by this, um, that we are going to follow his conscience this week. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Uh, thank you for our conscience, God. Thank you for leading us um, as your sons and daughters. 
We, God, we just thank you for this week. Um, and we just give you the glory in Jesus' name. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.